0: Welcome. Let's start. My name is John Chowcraft. I'm an associate professor in the Department of Government. I work on uh, migration, social movements, and, and labor in the Middle East and North Africa. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome you here and to welcome our speaker, Dr. Amina Bugia, and our discussant, Dr. Christina Almeida. Uh, and uh, it's a pleasure for this uh, research network, Social Movements and Popular Mobilization to uh, finally have a paper on music, or even on popular culture. I'm not sure we've had a paper, we've been able to get our teeth into such a paper in the last, you know, since February 2014, that we've been running. So that's, uh, i looking forward to this. Uh, the speaker's gonna talk for about 20 minutes. We've allowed her five, 10 minutes more than usual, uh, because she has uh, videos and things to show us. Then there's going to be ten minutes from the discussant uh, and then the floor will be open for wider discussion, which you know, can involve more than just questions, because you've read the paper and uh, you might have comments and points that you want to raise or suggestions for further research or interesting resonances in your own work or problems that you want to address. If you kindly turn off your phones, this lecture is going to be recorded. There is demand for podcasts and things for this, and it's very useful, so that's what we're gonna do. Uh, let's see. Uh, so Dr. Amina Boubia is our speaker. She has a PhD mm-hmm. in history and political science, specializing in the Islamic world, from Sciences Po Paris, France, and also Kassel University in Germany. And her thesis examined new forms of politics production in the Arab world, the case of music festivals in Morocco. Uh, she has a number of publications, most recently a publication uh, uh, called Artivism in the Arab World, a major driving force towards democracy. It's in English and in French. Did you write it in French or did you write it in English? In English, uh, Okay, yes, but it's also translated. Great. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so it's a great pleasure to, to welcome her uh, here today. Thanks. uh, before I let you begin, let me introduce our discussant, uh, Dr. Christina Almeida. She's a research officer working here at the LSE in the Middle East Centre and also with the Department of Media and Communications. And she has a PhD entitled Critical Reflections on Rap Music in Contemporary Morocco. Urban youth culture between and beyond states, co optation, and dissent, which she obtained from SOAS in 2015. So she's wonderfully well qualified to discuss uh, and engage with this research. Um, so, and, and, and she has numerous publications, uh, a couple of recent ones uh, from uh, uh, ah, so I should call you Moreno more than Moreno yeah. Almeida. Is that right? That's OK, because this is what you yeah. have. Uh, so anyway, Cristina Moreno, 2016, Imagining the Enemy, the role of patriotic rap songs in curbing Critical Voices in Morocco, which is in uh, uh, an edited volume, Otherness, Unbound, Spaces of Identity in the post-colonial MENA region. And just to mention perhaps another one, which is uh, appeared in an edited volume uh, in, in um, American Studies and Encounters. It's a, an edited volume called American Studies Encounters the Middle East. Uh, race and Blackness, which isn't done very often, is it? There's that book, Vitaly's book, America's Kingdom. It's, yeah. But anyway, interesting. But the, the article, the, the chapter is entitled Race and Blackness in Moroccan Brack. or some local experiences of marginality. So, blackness and race, another issue that isn't covered that much in the the Middle East, but so more interesting work. So, anyway, let's welcome our discussant. (laughs) Uh, Let me see. In the event of an emergency caused by controversy, I hope, or or something of that kind, uh, you should evacuate the building using the stairs by the lifts. Okay, so not the windows, for example. Uh, If you would like to tweet about the event, the hashtag is hashtag LSEBubia, B-O-U-B-I-A. And so you're welcome to take the floor. Thank
1: you, thank you. So thanks, uh, John, for inviting me to speak as part of this series. Thank you, Christina, for accepting to discuss the paper. And thank you all for coming. I'm very pleased to be here today to present my paper, Let's Walk for Rapid, Music as Collective Action, the Case of the Arab Spring. So I will briefly sum up the argumentation I have outlined in the paper you have received, and I will illustrate it by choosing just two examples from all those I've mentioned in the paper, and I will take this opportunity also to show you three videos uh, illustrating the claims I've made. So, to begin with, um, the nature of music and the impact it has on our societies have been studied by a broad range of disciplines. In fact, music and politics have always been related in different ways and to varying degrees in all times and places. So, a very common and positive idea I find um, in the field of popular culture is that music fosters cultural resistance. And today, I would like to verify and challenge this assumption by analyzing the case of the Arab Spring. So why the Arab Spring? Because it's a recent contemporary phenomenon of democratic, sociopolitical, and revolutionary movements that had tremendous effects on the Arab world, and because it attracted much attention uh, worldwide in our globalized era. So um, the main research question I'm asking is as follows. To what extent did the contemporary Arabic music scene actually contribute to the contentious movements? Um, to provide elements <coughs> of response, I take an interdisciplinary and comparative approach, focusing on the works of and challenges faced by music artists um, in these times of political instability. So um, it means that I concentrate on the bottom up. Uh, dynamics and the grassroots processes, music artists were involved in in the wake of the Arab spring. Um, So, um, as Mark Levine shows in his book, Heavy Metal Islam, the contemporary Arabic music scene has changed rapidly and developed massively in the past decades. Um, Today, the most popular music artists uh, among the young and increasingly connected population in the region are rockers and hip hoppers, and they produce new types of music such as rock, rap, electronic music, or fusion music. So, I'd like to show you a very funny um, commercial ad from MTV Arabic here. for reasons of clarity and to limit the scope um, of my analysis, I focus mainly on Tunisia and Morocco. Um, So these two Maghreb countries uh, provide very different cases when it comes to the Arab Spring and are therefore particularly relevant for joint analysis in that context. So Tunisia is a republic, Morocco is a monarchy. Uh, Tunisia has quite successfully initiated a bottom-up uh, democratic process leading to the adoption of a new constitution, while Morocco has managed to control, on the contrary, the, continue, the contentious movement following a top-down institutional reform. So uh, on an empirical level, I rely on findings resulting from fieldwork and observations started in 2008. Um, on a methodological level, I analyze some text and video clips. On a theoretical level, um, the paper builds on and adds to the theories of collective actions and social movements. So I have mentioned the work of Ron Ironman and Andrew Jemison and the one published recently by Christophe Traini. And they all use the broader framework of a cultural analysis of the theories of collective action. So this this continued interest in music can be explained by various by the various ways in, w- in which music influences our thoughts and behavior and societies. Um, how does it happen? Uh, music can literally make sense and generate meaning. Um, so music is a cultural product that always appears in a specific sociopolitical context and thus reflecting a particular worldview that Um, The type of music itself in a specific time and place is of great importance. Is it traditional, new music? Is it associated with specific historical moments, a specific segment of people? Does it symbolize a specific identity or political idea? Um, And for instance, the fact that new music genres uh, have developed in the past decades in the Arab world show just how much this region is undergoing major um, cultural and social political transformations. Also, um, instrumental music is often accompanied by lyrics, and so vocal music adds another layer of interpretation and more complexity to the produced work. Um, in addition, music generates emotions such as sadness, fear, happiness, or anger, which can in turn motivate an audience to act or not actually which is important as well in a particular way. Um, and here I refer to the words of James Jasper on the importance of art and emotions with regards to social movements. <coughs> uh, finally, music analysis never leads to a unique and definite interpretation of the music. Music has the ability to generate multiple meanings and in some cases even contradictory. This is made possible by the inherent ambiguity of music and art in general. And here I would like to stress, this is what makes music and art so important in an authoritarian context. Because of their intrinsic ambiguity, music and arts make it possible to criticize things more or less explicitly. So I'm um, using this uh, broader framework of. Um, a cultural analysis of the theories of collective action, I argue that music itself is a collective action. Uh, when music is created or actioned, uh, the generated meaning uh, is designed to be shared with, listened to, and interpreted by an audience. No matter how small or large, and regardless of the medium used, is it live music as a concert or recorded music as a Um, there is always an inherent collective dimension even in the most individual musical work. And as any collective action, music can contribute and lead to social movements, depending of course on the context and a variety of other factors. Um, But even if we tend to focus more on collective action leading to democratic change, in fact, collective action is often, on the contrary, motivated by resistance to change. And here I refer to Orescholl's article. So to sum up, music is a collective action that can either be subversive to various extents, re-legitimizing to various degrees, or even both to some extent, uh, given its (coughs) intrinsic complexity and ambiguity. Now, when it comes to the case of the Arab Spring, many artists across the Arab world have become immensely popular, enjoying an increased interest from academics and other stakeholders. However, here again, we tend to focus primarily on those music artists who supported the initially secular and democratic protest movements. In the paper, I explored the Tunisian and Moroccan case studies to show that, yes, many artists have supported the contentious movements, but that at the same time, some artists have acted in favor of the authoritarian political order. Now today, I will come back to two major examples presented in the paper taken from the Moroccan case. One example of artists supporting the dynamics of change, and one example of artists supporting the status quo. So in Morocco, when the 20 February movement emerged uh, following the revolutionary movement in Tunisia, the band Hoba Hoba Spirit uh, spontaneously decided to release the song, The will to live. The song is also known as Smash Salt Shab, Hear the Voice of the People, a major slogan of the movement. Hoba Hoba Spirit is the most acclaimed fusion rock band in Morocco, which has been popular long before uh, the Arab Spring. Um, The song is inspired by the poem of the famous Tunisian poet Abu Hassan Shefi. And even if the poem itself was famous before the Arab Spring, forming part of the Tunisian national anthem, it gained huge popularity again um, in across the region when the uprising started in Tunisia. And Hoba Hoba spirit managed to successfully incorporate its famous verses into a rock piece. So the chorus goes like this. If the people want their will to live, then destiny must respond and the night must disappear and the chain must break. As for the video, it features images from the demonstrations in Morocco and ends on another powerful slogan of the movement, which means "Makhzen out. And Makhzen is the ruling system in Morocco the current monarchy is based upon. So um, I will show you this video as well, uh, at least part of it. So it's not so clean, here's the voice of the people.
0: The and I'd
1: like to show you a short part from the end as well. A very interesting picture which was on social media during the, the protests in Morocco. Installing freedom, justice, dignity in Morocco. Error message cannot install. Please remove corruption and justice. Hogra and try again. Hogra <laughs> means uh, contempt. So, uh, yeah. I'm <coughs> so i So i leave it here. Um, yeah. So following this song, uh, which is, uh, this is very important, an immediate consequence for Hoba Hoba spirit was that it was removed from the program of Morocco's now biggest music festival, the festival Nawazin in Rabat, also considered the King's Festival. So uh, in Morocco, an important <coughs> number of artists has tried to stay loyal to the spirit of the NAIDA. Uh, the Nida is a cultural movement that shook up things uh, on the music and artistic scene across the country in the decades before the Arab Spring. In Tunisia, following the revolution, Uh, Many music artists played a crucial role raising awareness amongst the general public to promote the adoption of the new democratic constitution eventually achieved in 2014. So, in short, in both countries, an important number of artists have actively supported and strengthened the uprisings. Uh, The meaning and emotions generated by their music and lyrics galvanized protesters during demonstrations and beyond to the point that some songs have become uh, real freedom anthems of the movements and tunisia you have of course rise in there from the red flag general also many artists put their popularity at the service of the movements by explicitly endorsing them or joining the marches some of them become symbolic freedom fighters and spokespersons for their people's aspiration for liberty justice and dignity to the point that when people and the media wanted to hear the opinion of a public figure on a matter, they would sometimes rather turn to music artists than to politicians. So in short, these artists took and still take a brave stand and risk through their songs and position for a secular democratic change. And I call them, as in my previous article, um, artists or reptilists. However, at the same time, many music artists have defended the authoritarian order. Um, in Morocco, many artists uh, feared instability, claiming that a gradual change was underway anyway, thanks to the support of a kind and enlightened king. Uh, and the rapper, Don Victor is the most famous artist who openly defended such a viewpoint. Uh, when the 20 February movement started to gain in popularity, he, he released his "Bridge uh, I don't want, in which he explains that he does not want the country to be betrayed, warning his listeners about the chaos that could ensue. Among other things, he writes, who is going to represent the people? Four immature boys who play eating during Ramadan, or four birded men who declare the people godless. Uh, the boys he refers to are the activists fighting for a secular political order, and the birded men, of course, the Islamists. Uh, in, the, in the video, um, a clown represents the secular activists, and the Bird of Man, the Islamists. So this is the last um, video I'm going to show you. So it's from the middle of the song. who defended a, a similar position, um, and um, in Morocco, these artists are called Watanistic artists, uh, Watan meaning nation in Arabic, so nationalistic artists, and in both Tunisia and Morocco, there are conservative and moralizing artists, some of them focusing on religious values and who are very close to the Islamists. And uh, Tunisia, for example, we have the Wapal cycle and Uh, To conclude, in both countries uh, where some artists have taken enormous risks to support the dynamics of change, others have adopted a more or less pronounced nationalistic, conservative, if not Islamistic discourse. In Tunisia, the latest have sometimes even become nostalgic of uh, the economic and political stability that prevailed under Denali, or skeptical towards uh, the non secular democratic process initiated following the revolution, condemning insecurity or the loss of Islamic values. In Morocco, many botanistic artists have released songs re-legitimizing the established order of a Maxim based monarchy, defending the principle of a strong king acting as commander of the faithful. In short, these two case, case studies show that while music has been a powerful tool of resistance in the context of the Arab the claim that music is always subversive cannot be generalized. And following from this comparative study on Tunisia and Morocco, um, it's most likely that a similar pattern can be observed across the entire region. Um, additional research conducted already confirms the presence of artivists Uh, who defended democratic and secular change in other countries such as Egypt, Libya, Syria and Saudi Arabia. All these examples from the Arab world confirm that music can be used to the advancement of a cause and actually the same applies to other art forms, theater, literature, film, etc. Uh, That said, there is little doubt that all these countries also have really legitimizing and conservative artists against the secular democratic change, just like in Tunisia or Morocco. But further comparative research still needs to be conducted to confirm this. Um, However, what is for sure is that artists have taken considerable risks uh, when supporting the secular and democratic dynamics of the Arab Spring. Uh, the examples cited in the paper show that in some cases they have faced censorship, were um, removed from the program of music events, in other cases they were arrested and thrown in jail. Yet in other cases, especially in countries where the repression of the uh, uprisings has proved extremely violent, they even faced death threats. Uh, consequently, it's not surprising that many artists across the region have agreed not to take a political stand. Claiming that artists are not political actors and should not take on a political role that would alienate their artistic work in line with the idea of art for the sake of art or music for the sake of music. Uh, the underlying fundamental question of the philosophy here is whether musical or artistic works should carry a socio-political message. In fact, this very same question was at the heart of the words of the so-called. Frankfurt School in the 20th century. And since the Arab Spring, it seems it has never been so topical across the Middle East and North Africa. Ultimately, music acts just like any other type of collective action, either challenging the established order or re-legitimizing it. Today, five years after the Arab Spring, the situation is still very fragile across the region. Essential political and ideological debates are still going on. which sometimes even transform into battles or rap battles between those who support a democratic and secular dynamics of change, those putting religious values or security concerns first, and those who prefer to stay out of the debate. So um, thank you very much for your attention, and I look forward to your comments and questions. Thank Thank you.